I'm just happy to be here. Amen. I'm happy to see you brave people here. Amen. <laughs> you know, I've been through a lot of storms in my life, you know, when I was out there in the world. And, uh, you know, I went through a lot of stuff to get what I needed out there in the world, you know. And I went through a lot of storms. But, you know, uh, so you guys are really brave. Amen. And that's great. You guys on the Internet, God bless. Amen. So uh, let's open it with a word, amen? Can we stand? And this is the opening verse, Psalms 119-105. Very familiar to a lot of people, amen? And it says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path, amen? Amen, amen. you can have a seat, amen. So uh, yesterday, Anna went camping, and I stood home with the dogs, right? Right? She's going to praise the Lord. And she told me she didn't take a flashlight with her. I said, well, how did you get around? How did you see? You need a light to see. Am I, am I right? You need a light to see. And Jesus is the light. Amen? He is the one that illuminates where we're going. He is the one that's not going to make you stumble. Amen? He is the one that's going to light your, your, your path, and you're going to be able to walk straight, amen, and not bump into things, amen. So that's who Jesus is, amen. And lately we've been talking about navigating conflicts, amen. How many people here go through conflicts? Not too many, huh? All of us, right? Amen. God is good. And and my topic is, is your GPS set, amen. It's your GPS set. And I'm talking about a spiritual GPS, amen. Are you heading the direction that God wants you to go? Amen? Are you heading the direction God wants you to go? And many times, God, uh, uh, we, uh, we, we waver, we go off the exit, amen? And what does the GPS say? Rerouting. And if you're talking and you're having a conversation with your wife and you pass the exit, it goes rerouting, rerouting, and then she gets on me. It's not my fault she's talking to me, you know? But she goes rerouting, rerouting, so we got to get back on road. So that becomes a conflict in our lives, right? Especially when we're traveling. Well, it is better than reading a map because we used to, back in the days, we used to read a map, right? And it had about, it had all these lines, and we have to follow these lines. I tell Anna, you're my co-pilot. Read these lines for me, will you? And, you know, we'd always get lost. (laughs) So, thank God for GPS. Amen. So, uh, navigating, right, is a plan and a direction that we want to go to. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go in in God's kingdom? Where do you want to go? Are you making a plan, and are you following that direction? Amen? Are you making a plan, and are you following that direction? That's the navigating part, right? Because we all want to get somewhere. Whether or not uh, uh, you don't do it now, you're going to do it later. And I'm thinking about the clock, right? The clock goes tick-tock, tick-tock, and time keeps moving. And God is saying, what's the problem here? Why aren't you coming this way? Tick-tock, tick-tock, you know? And God, and the time begins to move, amen? And uh, it's very important that we get on track to where we're going, amen? Conflict 
is a prolonged struggle, is a, is a strife, is controversy, controversy is quar, uh, qu quarrel, quarrel, right? When we're having quarrels, conflicts between a party of, of opposition, amen? And that's conflict, amen? Um, one of the things I wanted to talk about that, uh, that there's ways to uh, uh, resolve conflicts, amen? I'm going to do a little role playing, amen? So I'm going to pick somebody, amen? Uh, Anna, would you come up? <laughs> she didn't know I was going to call her. You can stay right here. Now I'm going to come over here. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on the line, okay? Just don't look at us, don't look at me, okay? But listen, we've been married for 40, 40 years, amen? And I know we got issues, right? Well, I got issues. We don't have issues, I got issues. And I like to resolve it, you know, and I like to move forward with this. See what God has for us. Amen? Right. Amen. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That was a little corny, right? That was corny. But the point was, the point was that, that I, took, I took responsibility for what I did. You know, I didn't say we. I did say we. But then I, I said, you know, this isn't right. I take responsibility for what I do. Amen. And that's part of conflict. Sometimes we have to take responsibility for the things we do. Amen? So, so that was a part of it, which is, you know, some of it could be true. You guys figure it out. Some of it, it might not be true. But, you know, we're going to talk about it later. She's going to take me out for breakfast. Amen? <laughs> so we'll talk about it later. I need one more. I need Junior over here. Junior. Good-looking brother, look at the camera. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to use Junior as a, you know, uh, listen, brother, I've been, I've been upset. You know, you really let me down. Uh, I lent you that $1,000, and you went to the casinos. You told me you were going to pay me back, but you used it on the slots. So I'm really upset at you. So uh, I hope that uh, we can make things right. Our friendship means more than uh, $1,000. Amen. Okay, okay. So now, so now here's the difference. And the difference is that I'm admitting, right, that I'm at fault. And the difference here is that I'm confronting the situation because he's really hurt me. Amen? So that's the difference. Amen? I had a brother at work that said, they came up to me, and he said, oh, man, Angel, you really threw me under the bus? You know, we had a meeting with the bosses. You really threw me under the bus? I can't believe you did this to me. And I said, the only thing I can say is, I'm sorry. You know, I learned as a Christian to say I'm sorry. And that's one of mo the most difficult things to say when we're out in the world, right? But we got to change our way of thinking, you know. We got to change our way of thinking. We got to begin to say I'm sorry. Sorry is a powerful word, just like love is. I love you. When somebody tells you I love you, when I tell my wife I love you, it should do something to her. It should put butterflies in her stomach, <laughs> you know. It should do something. It should activate something in her, right? When I say I love you, right? Think about it. When you say I love you, it should do something to you, right? 
So it should activate something in you. When you say, I'm sorry, it should also do something to you. You know? So two great words, sorry and I love you. Amen? So God is good. Amen. Uh, talk about time, tick-tock, tick-tock, and talk about where am I heading in life. And I just want to open myself up a little. Uh, before Thanksgiving, uh, I got a call from a doctor, right? And lately, you know, I've been saved. I've been doing everything right. Got a home. Got a car. Got my wish bike, a Harley, you know? You know, I do good stuff with my income. I try to help my grandkids out, stuff like that. And uh, I've just been trying to do the right thing, right? But what happens is I, I, I think I've been trying to play safe, or I feel like I've been trying to play safe with my faith, right, in my direction where I'm going. So I get a call from a doctor. He said, hey, Mr. Cruz, 7 o'clock in the morning. I said, whoa, whoa this is kind of strange. So you got to go ch get yourself checked out. There's an issue. You got an issue. I said, I got an issue. There's a conflict there. I guess there's a conflict there. So I go check it out, and they, they figured out I got a bad liver. So last, two weeks ago, I went over there to say, you better talk about transplant, right? So I'm looking up on liver. You can't live without a liver, but, but God is good, amen? So I had to talk with my kids, and I said, listen, I got some stuff going on. And my son goes, well, Dad, this is what you've been living for, Right? If you were to go, you were to go with Jesus, amen? So he's kind of blunting to say, hey, that's what you've been living for. You're going to go. You're going to go with Jesus. Where my daughter would go, Dad. Where my daughter, my daughter said, Dad, we're going to work together at this. I'm going to be by your side. There's two different, uh, <laughs> you understand? Where my son is blunt and my daughter goes, oh, Dad, we're going to work at this together, Okay. So it kind of shows me that we're all wired different. We're all wired different. Me and my wife grew up in the village, in the projects. We grew up a building apart, maybe 300, 250 feet apart. She had seven brothers. I had six brothers. She had three sisters. I got three sisters. And we all, but listen, we, we're not alike. We're different. We approach conflicts when we have conflicts, they're different. <laughs> She's a little more like my son. My daughter's a little more like me. <laughs> you know? But God is good. Amen? So, Ephesians 4, 31, 32 says, Thank you, Lord. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate. Amen? Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. Amen? So one of the key things is that we have to be kind and compassionate, right? You know, uh, I, I, was, I was listening to something, how we approach somebody is very important in a conflict. And uh, I could say uh, 
Brother Josh, um, I can say, like, what's wrong with you? You know? Or I can say, Brother Josh, what's troubling you? Right? So there's two ways of approaching conflict. And you got to think about that. Two ways of approaching conflict. But God's grace is big. Amen? Let us get back on the track that God has provided for us. Amen? Where is it that God wants to bring you? Where is your GPS set? You know, do you always fall on the side when you get to go through conflict? Are you always going to uh, 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 quiver when there's conflict? You know, when, when, when I heard there was a storm coming, I've been through so many storms in, in my youth that, that this is nothing to me, you know? And this could have been a conflict, amen? But uh, uh, Romans says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, amen? So it is no longer you who live, amen? Because you've been crucified with Christ, amen? You're no longer the same person you used to be, amen? Because you've been crucified with Christ. You're no longer doing the old things you used to do, right? Because you've been crucified with Christ. You're no longer thinking the way you used to think because you've been crucified with Christ, amen? You're no longer acting the way you used to act because you've been crucified with Christ, amen? Amen? You no longer walk the way you used to walk because you've been crucified with Christ. God is doing something in your life because you've been crucified with Christ, amen? And then it says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And that's the transformation part, amen? That's where God begins to reveal himself in you. That's where I learned to say, I'm sorry. Because Christ began to live in me. I begin to say, I'm sorry. Because something happens within you when you accept Christ. Your mind begins to change. Your attitude begins to change. Your feeling towards people begin to change. Sometimes I, I'll, I'll go to Dunkin' Donuts, and while I'm studying and praying, I'll cry. And Anna goes, well, you've been studying and praying, and, you know, the Holy Spirit's in you, and, and you cry. You know, I can't help it, but I'm a baby sometimes. And, you know, I cry, but tough men do cry, you know. You don't have to be hard. You can cry. It's okay. So here Christ lives with us, right? He lives within us. And the, and the, li- the life now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who lives, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen? Here we see 30 years ago, a mess crack addict, dibbling and dabbling on certain things in the world, whether it be heroin or coke or this and that. And 30 years ago, God says, I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to put you on the right track. See, because I was heading down the wrong track, right? And what happens is that the grace of God is so big. The grace of God is so big that he'll go, here, I'm going to put you back on track. You don't belong in this place. It doesn't matter what you did in the past. It doesn't matter what you did yesterday.
but the grace of God is so big. The grace of God is going to put you back on track. Amen? The grace of God is going to move you from here to here and say, go forward. And then when you slide this way, he's going to go because he knows you're weak. He knows you've been through some stuff and your feet, your legs are wobbly. And you're going to go like this and he's going to go, go this way. And he's going to go, go this way. And he's going to get you to that destination where you intended to be. Amen? And that's what God does. Thirty years ago, I walked. Uh, I, I used to walk through storms, you know, two feet of snow to get my thing. Come on, rainstorms. You know, I used to look like a prune getting my stuff, all wet. Oh, you know, that's probably the only time I took a bath anyway. So, <laughs> you know, I didn't have time for that. I didn't have time for baths. I wanted to get my thing, you know? But 30 years ago, God said, I'm going to do something with you, you know? I'm going to do something because you need to be right for your kids. You need to be right for your wife. And there's going to be people watching your walk, right? So 30 years ago, he said, man, wake up. <laughs> and he spoke to me. He said, if you continue this way, you're going to die. And like I said, I'm a chicken. <laughs> I didn't want to die. So I gave my life to the Lord, and here I am. Right? Amen? Amen? You got to get excited because you might have a cousin out there. You might have a brother out there, a sister, or somebody who's going through the same thing. And God's grace is big. God's grace is big. Don't forget about his grace. Amen? God's grace will change somebody's life. He said he would leave the 99 to go after the one because his grace is so big. Doesn't matter where you've been at in life. What matters is that you get on track. What matters is that you get on the right road. And even when it says rerouting, get back on track. It's okay. I've been off track many times. And the Lord will go rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. <laughs> Angel, don't go too far, rerouting. And you know, when you go down 95 and you get hungry and it says food and you get off and there's no food? You ever been in an exit like that? And you're looking all over for food? <laughs> when God already designed a rest station, on 95, where you can get rest on 95, but your body says, I want food now, so you see a little sign that says food, and you, <laughs> you get off the exit. You know? Your body begins to crave food. And that's the way it is in life. You're on this route, 95. You're heading towards your destination. Your flesh says, I want something better. I want something now. Your flesh sees this little sign that says food, and you get off the exit, there's nothing there. And you're driving around looking for food, right? And that's the way it is in life. You're on 95 in life, and it'll have this little sign, and your, your body desires it, or you desire it, you say, 
I'm going to get off here. Before you know you're lost. Right? Talking about getting saved. I got saved and I was supposed to be baptized with my wife. And I said one more time. I wanted to get high one more time. I got high one more time. For 10 years I got I got lost again. After being saved, I said one more time. I was heading down the right path, heading towards my destination, running, <laughs> right? And how many knows when, they, when you run, you got to keep your eyes focused, right? You got to keep your eyes focused. Am I right, Pedro? And you look forward, right? And you look at the prize and you don't run backwards, right? Because when you run backwards, what happens? So me and my wife, we were holding hands. Yeah, we're going to get baptized. Yeah, Pastor Miller was going to baptize us, right? Oh, we're going to get baptized. And I went like this. (laughs) See ya. Ten years. Messing with that stuff. That's what happens. Off track. GPS, rerouting, rerouting, then the grace of God again comes in, brings you right back. Amen? Amen. Job 37, 17, 9 says, Neither less the righteous will, will hold their way. Amen. The righteous will hold their way. Those who are righteous will hold their way. Those who are right with God will hold their way. If you're walking in the right, if you're doing what you got to do and you're staying focused, God will keep you on track. Amen. God will keep you on track. Amen. Mark 4, 36, 38. And this is when Jesus was in the boat and he was ministering to people, right? He says, uh, leaving the crowd behind, they took along Jesus as he was in the boat. So there were also others, other boats with him. A furious quail came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teachers, don't you care if we drown? Amen? Jesus was on a mission. Jesus was on a mission to minister to people, amen? That's why Jesus said, I got to get on the other side. But Jesus was also tired, right? Because it demonstrates that he was human, but also God. Because he had just ministered to a lot of people. So here we go. We're on the boat. And like today, we get a little storm, right? And we begin to cry. Not only today, I'm not talking about today, I'm talking about the things in life, right? That we're trying to get to the other side and there's a storm, right? There's a storm. And then what happened was like when the doctor told me, uh, 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 you're going to need a liver and, and you know, and, uh, and my faith is tested, right? And that's what happens, right? Because I try, I believe I was, I felt like I was walking safe. I didn't want to mess with nobody. I don't want no trouble. You know, let me keep my nose clean. Let me keep it right with the Lord. And lately I've been wondering, man, this has gotten too easy. No problems. 
You know? Because you know when you walk with the Lord, you've got to go through something, right, in order for God. Anyway, you don't have to go through something, but I, to myself I said, what's going on here? This is too easy, right? I walk in that fine line. I'm watching my step. Oop, I don't want to step on their toes. Oop, I don't want to step on their toes. And my faith is like, where's my faith, right? So here the doctor calls me and says, this is what's going on. Now my faith gets activated, right? That's what happens. And sometimes we have to go through stuff, right? Whether we like it or not, things that are going to hurt us so our faith can be activated. Amen? Because we need our faith activated. And sometimes we get a trial like this guy on the boat went through some trial and his faith wasn't activated, but it needed to get activated. But sometimes we go through a trial just like the guy in the boat, and our faith needs to get activated, right? So just because you're going through a trial doesn't mean that it's over. The fight is over, right? It just means that you need to activate your faith to get to your destination. You know, this walk with Jesus is a faith walk, right? So we need to activate our faith. Things happen in life, and it's okay. This COVID thing, a lot of people lost their homes, their jobs. Activate their faith. God has brought them new things, right? If we see what happened to Job, he lost everything. But he kept his eyes on God, right? Even his wife told him, why don't you curse God and die? And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. You crazy? And God blessed him over and over and over and over and over and over. And that's the way life is. So we got to continue. We got to continue on our route, our destination, right? What is your destination? You know, just something to think about. What is your destination? Where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? You know, this is not just a spiritual thing, but a physical thing, too. Some people here have gone to school and gotten their graduation, their, their certificates, their diplomas. Some are, being, some are realtors here, right? New, because they have their mindset right? They have a destination, they have their GPS and set, and they said, whatever happens, I'm going to continue on this route. And they get where they want to get because they continue on their route. And I'm pretty sure if you asked them, did you have a difficult time? Did something happen that could have thrown you off? They'll tell you yes. Because that's just the way life is. When we go to Exodus 14, 10 through 12. And it says, thank you, Lord. As, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites, Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, was it because there were 
there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out here to die. Amen. So here we go. Here we go blaming Moses. <laughs> Here's the guy who delivered you, who God's messenger got you out of this mess. And here we go because we're in some trouble. We're, our blame, we're already blaming somebody, right? We're already blaming Moses. What have you done to us by bringing us out here, out, to the, out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to be slaves to the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Now, we know that's a lie. We know some of us were in Egypt. We know some of us were in bondage. We know some of us went through the fire. We know some of us are still in there. And that's called Egypt. And Pharaoh's the demon right now. And he's manipulating every situation. And one place you don't want to be is in Egypt. Amen? And if I find it, and if, and if a pastor comes to you and says, come on, I'll show you the way, take it. Let him help you. I remember one brother told me, if you ever need help, call me. That's the guy I called. And he got me into the center, Teen Challenge Center. And thank God for that call. Thank God that he opened the invitation. And I remember, I never forgot. He said, if you ever need help, call me. And I did that. So we want to be out of Egypt, right? Exodus 14.23 says, The Egyptians pursued them, and all the pharaoh horses and chariots and all their horsemen followed them into the sea. During that last watch of the, of the night, the Lord looked down from, from the pillar of fire and the cloud at the Egyptians' army and threw it into confusion. He made the wheels of their chariots come off. Amen? And that's what he does to the enemy. Amen? Amen. He brings confusion to the enemy. Amen? He can't touch you. Right? And he makes the chariots, uh, uh, the wheels come off. Amen? The enemy can't touch you. You're only allowing the enemy to touch you. Amen? Proverbs 3, 6, it says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your, your, he'll make your straight, make your, will make your straight path. Amen? God is good. Amen? I want to read a prayer. I want to close, but I want to read a prayer. Amen? And, uh, I thought it was very touching to me and very, it hit home. So, if we can just close our eyes. And you don't have to pray because just listen to me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. And it says, Mighty God. If I try and live my life without you, I will fail. Long ago, you set your presence in a towering cloud and a burning pillar of fire to give, 
to guide your people through the wilderness. Then I didn't know which way to go. I asked that you would know, that I would know your presence that's near me. Guide me in the right direction. I do not want to go anywhere without you, Lord, because being in your presence is the best place for me. Protect me from harm and direct my steps through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So it was just a prayer that, you know, it really touched my heart. And uh, just wanted to say that, that God is real, you know. I want to close, but I want to say God is real. Amen. And uh, he's alive. You know, when I look at the cross behind me, I'm reminded of what he did for me on that cross. Amen. And if you can imagine the, the turmoil he went through and the, the obstacles he went through and the, the conflict he had, I think we would appreciate him more, right? But the cross is awesome. Uh, I just want to bless you to pray with you, amen, and close here. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. Father, we ask that you would just continue, Lord God, to speak to us, that you would guide us, Lord God, through every situation in our lives, Lord God, that you would just take control of our lives, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would touch people who are going through trials, Lord God, those who are that have not set their GPS, Lord God, or those who are rerouting and have not gotten on track yet, Lord God. I pray that your grace, Lord God, would just intervene. Your grace would take over their lives, Lord God. That your grace would move within their hearts, Lord God. I pray that you would change hearts and minds, Lord God. Lord, just continue to speak to us, Lord God, as we take this journey with you, Lord God. Lord, bless us at this time. In Jesus' name, amen.